Hello and Happy New Year. This is episode eight of the Carolina Recycling Podcast. Last month, the EPA released a report called From Farm to Kitchen, the Environmental Impacts of U.S. Food Waste. The report stated that food comprised a quarter of what we throw away in landfills, and estimates show the amount of wasted food is up to 335 billion pounds per year. And that amount doesn't even account for the wasted resources that are required for producing food, the water, pesticides, fertilizers, land, and energy. Once disposed in landfills, food breaks down anaerobically and releases methane, which is a harmful greenhouse gas and really expensive to manage. As always with resource consumption, it is best to reduce wasted food by changing your habits. However, composting also has a role to stymie the amount of food scraps sent to landfills. Composting is simply a way to recycle organic matter like food, leaves, or yard trimmings into a useful soil amendment. I invited Bianca Howard to the show to discuss the role composting has to play in sustainable solid waste management. Bianca is the Outreach and Marketing Supervisor for Wake County's Environmental Services Department, and she's involved with the North Carolina Compost Council as well. Here's our conversation. Bianca, I wanted you specifically to join the show for three reasons. First being you're on the compost council, you in your day job do a lot of compost and recycling education. The second, I heard you on NPR recently and I thought if she's good enough to be on NPR, then you're definitely good enough for this thing. And then three, you were on Jeopardy and that is my favorite fact about anyone. And during the get to know you portion of Jeopardy, I believe you mentioned that you had a vermicompost bin at your desk. Is that right? I did. I did. And I, and I can tell you why I did that. But, um, but yes, that says a lot about me that when the Jeopardy producers asked for interesting things that they could possibly use during the, the segment when Alex Trebek would ask about participants, one of the first things that came to mind for me was the fact that I had thousands of worms living in my office to eat my food scraps. So yes, I was proud to talk about my worms on national television. Right. Yeah. So when you put it like that, it, I guess it sounds kind of interesting that you have a thousand worms in your office, but the full context makes it make, make a lot more sense. Anyway, that fun fact about yourself is a good segue into the conversation I wanted to have with you today, which is about food waste and composting. Big picture, do we have a food waste problem here in America? And if so, what is it? Absolutely. Well, I can talk a little bit more about the food waste problem we have in Wake County. Yeah, let's do that. The food waste problem we have in North Carolina, which is pretty much a mirror of the food waste problem we have as a nation. Right. Um, and, and there are lots of um, you know, catchy statistics out there, but the one that um, comes to mind most for me is the fact that about 40% of the food grown um, and produced in the United States never gets eaten. And that's just staggering, isn't it? Staggering. Especially when you consider, you know, I mean, on a sad note, how, how many people are hungry and need food and don't get it. And when you said 40% of the food that's grown here isn't eaten, that is a staggering amount, uh, especially considering all the energy and water and time and effort that goes into growing it. In the larger waste and recycling industry, we have this hierarchy of it's best to reduce our consumption. If you can't reduce, it's best to reuse what we buy. If you can't reuse, try to recycle those products. 
after we can't recycle them anymore, it's best to you know incinerate them for waste to energy. And at the very bottom of that hierarchy, we have landfilling where we take what we've taken from the earth and made into a product just to put it back into the earth. Is there a similar hierarchy with food waste as there is to kind of recycling our products? Absolutely. And the food waste hierarchy that's promoted by the Environmental Protection Agency is very similar in that it puts prevention first. So first, you would try to reduce food loss when it comes to growing and and manufacturing food. Then next, if you can't do that, you would feed it to hungry people. Um, If it's not fit to feed to hungry people, you would feed it to hungry animals. Um, Then and only then would you compost it. And then finally, that last resort should be landfilling it. Um, And unfortunately, that pyramid is flipped right now for most of us. Unless you are composting at home or have access to curbside compost collection, for many of us, the food that we're not eating is winding up in landfills. Right. At the top of that list, you said feeding hungry people and then feeding animals. Are there any efforts that you're aware of that are ongoing to feed hungry people with our excess food? What are they? Well, in in my position, I deal mostly with helping people prevent food waste on a household level. level. But I've had the privilege to work with a couple of organizations that are trying to prevent food waste. And that's through a small grants program we have in Wake County called our Commercial Waste Reduction Grants. And so that's given me the chance to meet organizations such as the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina and the Interfaith Food Shuttle. Um, And those are two organizations I tend to think of a lot when it comes to um, ensuring that food that's fit for consumption gets to people in need. And so through my involvement um, with with meeting people who work for those two organizations, I've come to understand that there's a whole lot of confusion about what can be donated to hungry people. And, And I think that's a confusion that many of us feel as we look in our own pantries and look at our own refrigerators and wonder about those dates that we see on on, on packages. So I've heard of the Interfaith Food uh, Interfaith Food Shuttle here in the Triangle. How does that operate? Is it it's an actual shuttle that transports food, refrigerated food, to to shelters? Is that right? Well, it, it has many different facets. Okay. Um, the one I got to know a little bit through our grants program was their farm. So Interfaith mm-hmm. Food Shuttle does work with retail partners to to get food um, that grocery stores can't sell t- to people in need. But they're actually all about supporting people across the whole spectrum. And through our grants program, we were able to support a project at their farm in in Raleigh. Um, And and through that project, they built a composting system on site to take produce produce that they grew but couldn't sell. Um, Before that, they were... They were landfilling it. Um, But through the help of our grant and and the hard work of their staff and volunteers, they've actually created an on-farm composting area. Now that produce that's not fit to sell gets composted and turned into healthy soil that they can then use to grow new produce, which will go to healthy people. So it was a fascinating cycle and and really, um, I think, a great example of how when we put our minds together and, and our creativity, we can find ways to prevent food from going into landfills and and get food to people in need instead. Gotcha. So further down below feeding uh, people and reduction, source reduction being probably the the best practice is composting. And you're involved with the North Carolina Compost Council. And so I figured that you have a pretty good idea of how composting works in the state, especially in Wake County. So what are the common composting practices? We have a few large commercial composters in in North Carolina that take food waste and yard scraps and and turn it into compost. 
what are some of the common composting practices that people can just do at home if, if they don't have access to those? Well, I definitely recommend that, that listeners in North and South Carolina contact their local cooperative extension service um, to get tips and, and, and expert opinions on composting in their area. Um, I mean, the cooperative extension is, a, is actually how I learned to compost, and it's uh, still like a great resource for understanding what works for composting in our climates. Um, but one thing that we've noticed in Wake County is that buying a compost bin for a lot of people is a gateway to start composting. Um, like a lot of local governments across North Carolina, Wake County hosts an annual compost bin sale. And through our sales since 2016, um, we've helped provide um, more than 4,000 bins to people who want to start composting at home. So there is a whole lot of interest in, in getting started with composting. Um, and, and purchasing a bin seems to be a good way for a lot of people to start for the very first time. Absolutely. So question about that. I have a compost bin in my backyard and it takes it. I started working on it when we first moved in here. So summer of 2020, and it took basically a year for me to be happy with the compost product that actually looked like good, healthy soil amendment. What are some best practices that I can do to make sure that I'm making the best product for my garden that and also to speed up the process i feel like it took a long time so what are some of the best practices that you offer to to home composters you know i i think one matt um is to think about when you're going to get started with composting hmm. a lot of government compost bin sales that are one-time sales happen in the spring and that's great because people are thinking about gardening but from a compost composting perspective it would make much more sense to have those bin sales in September before leaves start falling. Um, and, and I mentioned that because having equal amounts of browns, things that are rich in carbon, like your brown leaf, your, your dead leaves, your dead plants, shredded paper, if it doesn't have plastic parts in it. Um, having equal amounts of browns and greens um, for a lot of people is, is really important. And sometimes that's hard to do. Um, and greens are things that have a lot of moisture and have a lot of nitrogen. So most food scraps, and then uh, things such as grass clippings, um, but you want a mix of those carbon-rich greens, I'm sorry, carbon-rich browns and those nitrogen-rich greens to help balance out a compost pile. The, the second, the other most important things are moisture and air. Um, and so I would ask, Matt, how often did you mix your compost pile? Not often enough. I don't think. Uh, probably once a month. No, well, that's that. I think that's actually pretty typical. Okay. Um, when I've had big piles in the past, um, you know, it's sometimes once a month was, was all I can get out there. That's all that worked for my schedule. But in general, making sure that your compost bin or pile is about as moist as a wrung out sponge is a best practice. Um, so ensuring that the microbes that are doing all the work for you have the food and the moisture they need to do their job of breaking down your waste. Um, and then mixing your pile, um, it helps to introduce air, it helps to redistribute heat, and it also just helps to mix the parts of the pile that haven't broken down to, to sort of move those around and give the ones that need to, some more time to break down a chance to, to decompose. Um, but again, I, I always recommend cooperative extension. A lot of um, what I like about composting and, and cooperative, cooperative extension volunteers is that they have many different ways to talk about this. And there are some really cool demonstration sites across North Carolina. Um, and then cooperative extension staff and volunteers often do fun things like 
host um, host one day seminars or host warm bin workshops to give people that that hands on uh, chance to 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 get involved with composting to get dirty with composting. I've, I've made a little to do list of things I need to do, which is reach out to the ag, ag extension, and probably it's time for me to go mix my my compost bin. It's been honestly it's been longer than a month, and it needs to have some more leaves in it. But thank you for the reminders. What you just mentioned was something very interesting to me. You mentioned worm bins. And so for folks that don't have a yard to you know, rake up leaves and, and get a compost pile going, how is a worm bin something people could use? Like you um, use it at your office, yeah. as we know from Jeopardy. I, I do. And, and I knew that I was joining the right organization when I came to work for Wake County um, Solid Waste back in 2018, when I learned that um, two of the three people I was going to supervise had worm bins in their offices. I, I knew these were my people. Um, <laughs> I, I knew it intuitively and then I met their worms and I knew it for sure. <laughs> So I, I do love talking to people who, who love using worms for compost. So vermicomposting is the practice of using certain kinds of worms to break down food waste. And there are over a thousand types of worms in the world, but about six that are really great at living in enclosed spaces and eating lots of food scraps. Um, and so I um, actually learned to, to vermicompost way back in 2004 with some, some help from some wonderful folks in Mecklenburg County. And I've actually continued almost without breaks ever since. Um, so the thing I like about composting with worms is it gives people a chance to see it, like to see the process up close. And it can be done indoors. It's not great for doing large volumes of waste. I, I, I try to help people understand that a worm bin is not likely to be the solution to all the food waste for a household, even a household of one. Um, but it is a nice way to make a really cool soil amendment and to, to feel a little bit like you're um, an environmental steward by having this whole little ecosystem right there in a, a plastic tub. Do you have some of this? I don't know how long a worm lives. I'll be honest. Do you have some of the same worms <laughs> from 2004 that you got in Mecklenburg County or you have to... <laughs> Um, no, a part of what makes me a an empathetic instructor in vermicomposting is that I'm I, I'm quick to confess I have killed worms in every way possible. <laughs> I want to help the people starting to compost with worms avoid my mistakes. Um, so no, Matt, the, the worms I have today are not the descendants of those worms from from 2004, um, but uh, they are healthy, they are reproducing, and they are turning yesterday's lunch into tomorrow's compost. Okay. Number one question people I feel like always ask about compost, especially the indoor bins is what's the smell like? Is it, is it stinky from yesterday's lunch? Do the worms take care of that pretty well? Um, um, a healthy, well-maintained worm bin should not have an odor. Um, and that's partly through using something such as torn up newspaper um, or torn up cardboard as bedding for the worms. Gives the worms a place to hang out. It also gives me enough cover to bury the food scraps that I reduce the, the chance that fruit flies are going to find it or that bad odors will happen. Um, the other thing is that I tell people to use your senses. Um, if the worm bin smells or if it seems way too wet, that's you know a way of understanding that there's something going on with your worm bin that you need to fix. So that was a very long answer to saying no. A well-maintained worm bin should not have an odor. Um, back when I used to do a little more, um, a lot more presentations than I give now, I would often like ask people in the front row, "Are you okay? Are, are you gagging? Are you covering <laughs> your nose with your sweater?" And, and they never were <laughs> because a healthy worm bin should not, not should not you know knock people over with an odor. 
um, it, it should not really have an odor at all. Good to know. What I have used my compost for is a failed garden. I, I would say probably failed. You know, we, we try to grow peas in the spring, got a handful, you know, not as much as we wanted, but it was still a lot of fun growing the plants just to see them produce peas at a very small rate taken away by aphids. But, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to dial it in next year and, and, and use my compost and be a much better steward of the garden but it's a learning process. What do you use your compost for? Hmm. Well, you know, it, it certainly is a journey. So, um, <laughs> it, and it is, and I'm still learning. I learn from people um, I'm with on the North Carolina Composting Council. I learn from the colleagues I work with. I learn from CRA members. Um, there are so many ways to compost and um, everyone I talk to has different tips they, they want to share and tricks that have worked for them. So when it comes to me, um, I use the compost that my worms make in potting mixes. So I, I like to buy the cheapest potting soil I can find. And it is really hard to find potting soil that doesn't already have fertilizers or water retaining nutrients in it. Mm -hmm. But I try to buy the, the cheapest planting potting soil I can find because I know that by adding vermicompost or castings, that's the nice name for worm poop, um, <laughs> by adding vermicompost or castings to my potty mix, I'm helping to add microbial life. And that's actually creating a healthy environment for those plant roots to grow. And, and I'm not a, a PhD in soil science, so I, I can't tell you the names of all those microbes and, and which ones are thermophilic, but I do know that it's good for my plants. And I can see firsthand um, when I grow house plants or, or, or put cuttings in a mix that has vermicompost, the plants do well, they thrive. The eye test, right? They, they get bigger if, if the compost works. Great. For folks that don't have the ability to do backyard composting, vermicompost is an option for indoor composting. How about some of the other services that are becoming more widely available for picking up residential composting? In Wake County, Compost Now is a, a major player in the door-to-door the -door compost service. Is, is that becoming more popular these days? I'm glad for, for curbside composting services such as Compost Now and the, and the Triangle and in Asheville. And I know there are companies that do similar work in Wilmington and in Charlotte, just you know, to name a few places. Um, I think they are, are great for helping to be part of that whole spectrum of composting from the household all the way up to the, the college or the university or the business. Um, and I would say that while it's growing, it's still not readily available to everyone. Um, it's, it's a great convenience and it's also um, nice because curbside composting services often take things that people should not compost in their own backyards, such as dairy products or meat. And of course, those things break down, but they don't break down very fast in a backyard pile and they could attract rodents or create bad odors. The presence of, of curbside composting collection services is great in providing convenience. And I think it's also um, a nice outlet for people who don't leave the compost. Um, maybe they're not doing a whole lot of gardening, but they just don't want to throw food in the landfill. Um, and I do meet, through my wonderful job, more and more people who are concerned about the climate change impacts of putting food in a landfill. Um, and I meet people who want to know all that they can do to reduce the amount of food that is sent to landfills. Great point. So how is reducing food waste going to help our efforts against climate change? Um, again, I am not a climate change scientist, um, but what I understand is that when we put food in landfills, it's generating methane. 
um, which has an impact in, in warming the climate and causing some of the, the weather changes that we're already seeing across the globe. Um, and, but composting doesn't produce methane. You're getting a beneficial product and you're actually not putting um, those similar types of emissions into the atmosphere. Um, one thing that I really feel excited about here in Wake County is that I meet more and more people who are looking to do composting in different settings. Um, so my staff talks primarily to, to residents and they support residents in getting started in composting um, through our annual bin sale or by giving presentations to, to scout troops and homeowners associations. But another way that we support composting is by helping get unwanted compost bins to schools that can use them. And so one of my staff members has the, the great privilege of visiting public schools and private schools that are doing composting on site with their students. And Matt, this isn't taking care of all the food waste from the school's cafeteria. It's not taking care of all the food waste from the lunches right. from home, but it's giving students a chance to see how composting works and, and hopefully creating some habits in them that they'll take with them as they grow up. And I, and I think that's super exciting. All right, Bianca, in a few counties in North Carolina, including Wake, there are food waste drop-off programs where residents can actually bring their food waste to convenience sites. Can you tell me a little bit about how Wake County's works and how it's been going? Sure. I had a chance to visit one of our four food waste collection sites just before coming to record this conversation with you, Matt. And even after managing the program for three years, I'm always uh, blown away by the fact that people take the time to collect their leftover and moldy and, and spoiled food and drive it to one of our sites to have it put into carts where it's going to get hauled off, um, in our case, by Compass Now and turned into food waste. I am impressed by these people. I never get to meet most of them, but they're taking the time to separate out their food waste and bring it to us, knowing that we'll get it to a commercial composting facility. Um, and I think of our program as another place along that composting spectrum. And I think it fills a niche by providing an opportunity for people who don't have the time or the space or the inclination to compost at home. Um, and they may live in a, a part of our county or in a setting such as an apartment building or a condo building where they don't have access to curbside collection through a private company such as Compost Now. And our program is tiny, but it's growing. Four years ago, um, our four sites brought in only about 22 tons of food waste. Last year, it brought in 54 tons. And we're proud of that. But as a county, we throw away 500,000 tons of garbage annually. So the challenge for us is, is Wake County Solid Waste is to figure out where is our role? What's, where can we use our resources to get more people composting wherever it makes sense for them? And we've learned a lot from our drop-off program. And we're actively exploring ways to partner with businesses or other places that might want to host a food waste drop-off center of their own. I've also learned a lot personally by talking to, to folks in other counties and, and, and cities about how their drop-off programs work. So we're excited about ours, but it's certainly not the solution to food waste for a county of over 1 million people. But it is just another chance to try to keep food waste out of the landfill to reduce climate change emissions and produce beneficial products like compost. Wow. That's, I mean, maybe a 25% of what we throw away in a landfill is food waste. It's still really cool to see that Wake County has such a multi-pronged approach at reducing food waste through education, the bin giveaways, the drop-off sites, the, the school programs. It sounds like a, a great start and Wake County is on a great path to putting what we've grown 
from the earth back into the earth to, to make it something usable again. Well, Bianca, that's everything that's on my mind about food waste. Is there anything else that I missed that you want to touch on? No, I really enjoyed this. I, I love talking about food, food waste because I think everyone can relate to it, whether you're concerned about your, your budget or space in your fridge or the future of our planet. There are many reasons to take action to reduce food waste going to landfills. And great. Thanks again for the chance to talk about food waste with you and today. Thanks for, thanks for joining. Really appreciate it. First, I'd like to thank Bianca for sharing her knowledge of composting and worm bins. Thank you also to the CRA's Diamond Sponsors, Pratt Recycling, and Sunoco Recycling. Thank you to the audience out there, wherever you are, for listening. Really appreciate it. And Tom Mahar for making this theme song that is currently fading in as I am fading out.